Welcome back to When I'm Not Podcasting. We're going to talk about Uber and Lyft on this episode. So I've been out. I was sick for one weekend. And now here on the July 4th weekend as I recorded this episode, things have started to slow down. There's a little bit of receding of the amount of rides, the amount of demand that's out there, and the supply that's out there. So when I started doing some rides this weekend, for passengers, their wait, time, their wait times, I was, I was checking by them just by word of mouth, have been significantly decreased. That the stimulus, the work that Uber and Lyft has done to try to get riders back on the, the drivers back on the road has worked. But yet, that doesn't mean that we can't get stories like this where, oh, apparently Uber and Lyft are still not doing their part to help take care of things. But I want to make the point across that it is being taken care of. Just saying. Guardian reports how Uber and Lyft fares are surging as pandemic recedes, but drivers are not getting the piece of the pie. Now, there's a thing to be said about some of these stories where certain drivers are coming on here and bitching and complaining about what they're not making. But we don't know what their ratings are. We don't know what their interactions are with passengers. And I think sometimes we hear stories about some of the passengers and the drivers, their recollections that might not be as, as, as accurate as first thought. It might be a little bit skewed and might be also be where it's really just a gun, just bad mouth the companies for whatever reason. There's a couple of stories that came in here. Robert Eaton of Reno, Nevada in a Guardian story, he talked about how um, that we're making less than normal. Well, that's not true. That's cap. I'm making more than I ever did on Uber. I used to make 12 to $15 an hour on Uber on the weekends. Now I'm making 20 easily. Like it's rare to make less than $20 an hour right now and the reason is because we get bonuses the bonus actually helps to get us over the top if you're doing it right now this guy actually talks about how it's not working i don't know where he where they came from or how they found this guy but he was willing to go and talk about it so just outside of las vegas he's a full-time uber driver for over two years tries to work as many hours as possible every week to provide for his family his most common shift is 16 hours noon to 4 a.m that's bullshit there's no way to work 16 hours on the Uber app. You can only work 12. Unless he's doing 16 hours and he's working various breaks in between. Because you can only do 12 consecutive hours on the app in a full day. That's all you're allowed. I know that for a fact. Unless he's also using Lyft and doing it separately where he's separating his time. But also this guy had to do 16 hours. Every day, and he doesn't talk about how many days he does. So it's full time. So 16 hours, if we're saying 40 hours is full time, that means, okay, he's probably doing three or four days a week. But I don't think that's the case. He says, while fares have skyrocketed in this market, the driver's pay has not been raised at all. Well, there's surges that go on in these markets. I don't know where he's coming from. So he says, pay's been driven down for drivers. Increase cancellation waiting time, which is not true. It's been five minutes at the most for cancellation of wait time and a reduction of minimum play for long distance trips, which I also haven't seen. Because I see the ride, I took a ride to Miami Airport, which is usually my longest trip, and it wasn't as long as it was. And the pricing was still pretty much on the money, about 70 cents a mile, 71, 72 cents. And Lyft is very similar to that. Also, compared to the fact that I calculate how many miles I put on of gas, how many, how many miles I put onto my 
odometer after a certain shift compared to how much I'm making. And I mean, normally if I'm putting this thing about well, getting them maybe on average in a weekend and I'm working six hours in the weekend on a Saturday, say from like 11 a.m. to about five in the afternoon, maybe six, I'll put about $150, $160, 20 22 $25 an hour. Okay. And then off of that, I mean, it works out to be about that much because then I put about what, like 110, 115, 120 miles on the odometer. So it works out to about 70, 75 cents a mile. The other thing, too, is that you also got to have a good attitude to make sure you get tips. I don't know what this guy's attitude is and how well he does with uh, gratuities and how gratuitous he is in his car and what he does in his work as a driver. Now, another person he talked to was Giovanni Tarago, who works in Chicago, full-time Uber driver for four years. For my credit, four-year Uber driver and Lyft. I've done about 300 rides for Lyft, which I've never done that many, but I've done about 3,000 for Uber. And I've gone through, and I got a pretty decent rating. I think what's mine's a 4.95 on Uber, and that's a 5 on Lyft. So... These are people that are giving their stats. Okay. Some of the conversations reduced over the years from 60 to 75% to a fraction of the fare of many cases. And this is from an epi.org study. I don't believe this is going on like that. But Uber drivers, some of them have reported even being charged for providing passengers with rides. Cases have been attributed to software glitches on the app. Now, I can't speak for those. And that could very well be some of those might actually happen. Tarago says that what's happening now at Uber and Lyft is are charging high in demand prices to the passengers charging them surge rates, and most of the time the rates aren't even passed off evenly or fairly to the drivers. Well, that's probably so. But there is some sharing of the surge, and they are tacking it onto the passengers. It sucks for the passengers, but they are doing that. The drivers are not getting their rightful piece of the pie when riders are charged very high fares. And since fares are already so high out, the riders are, right, right, are less likely to tip on the app. Sure, but we already know there's certain things you can do to help try to get yourself tips. And you should rely on tips. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it is kind of like that. And on food and for airport delivery, uh, you know, to and from airport, you're going to probably get tips for those for the most part. And for food, you should. <coughs> but for the most part, when you're doing other things, it's probably not going to happen. But I've already been that a thought process for a long time. It just kind of happens. I usually expect about 10% in tips out of my entire take every time. And right now, as I think about tonight, I'm probably about eh, about 6% of what I've received this weekend has been on tips. So I haven't really got much. No, a little more than that, actually. I just thought about it. Yeah, about, I want to say 12% I've received on tips. Because I've also got some cash tips that's actually done really well. But really, it doesn't take that much to kind of really just do the right thing, play some nice music, speak when spoken to, don't over-speak when you have to, and just take your people to the destination they got to go to. Don't go to the top of having to work, to provide snacks or the Alfie screens and all this crap. I don't even go through all that stuff. And keep the car clean. Like, it really is not rocket science to be an Uber and Lyft driver. I can tell you that, and I can test. You know? I don't know. Some people just have their thing. 
Now, there have been issues from California that people have been complaining about that. We've talked about that extensively on the program. I'm not going to get back into that as well. And this whole Guardian piece is just pure clickbait, just trying to go after people, getting people like me to go ahead and, you know, have to go up. I'm not trying to be here to be a defender for Uber and Lyft all the time, but the truth is, I like what they do for me. I think they do a pretty good job of service, and I actually feel like I get what I want from this. I get the flexibility. I mean, you want this to be a job that actually gives benefits, but I'm used to having jobs that don't give actual benefits. You got to find your own sense of benefits when you're doing this job anyway, when you're doing it. Like, it's just additional income. It's a gig economy. And those are going after Uber and Lyft. They're not going after DoorDash or Grubhub or Postmates or other places. But some people really make some good money off of that, especially Gen Z and millennials. Another younger generation is doing it, and they do pretty well on it. And they understand. So why not? I mean, if you really think about it, you know if you put yourself on a taxi, you know there'll be accrued a whole lot more for your medallion and for the car and for all the things you're doing. You know you're getting a whole less of a cut than you would be getting anywhere else. And you'll be treated by crap as a taxi. You know that for sure. So buck up, buttercups. All of you that might be a little bit upset with Uber and Lyft, listen, we should be happy we have this because it's nice to have a secondary income like Uber and Lyft like I have it. Just saying. At least hopefully until the podcasting really takes off. Anyway, I'll leave it there and I'll talk to you next time.